Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, an often ostentatious, occasionally off-colour opine or two on the outrageous, opulent life of ogling Norwich City. Today, John and I are joined by Claire and McGee to chat Blackpool and a busy October. Let's have at it. Firstly, McGee, let's put September to bed. Uh, Sergeant was player of the month. Any arguments with that or anyone you think could feel hard done by as we hurtled up to second? <laughs> I mean, I think several people can feel hard done by. I think it was the right call, um, partly because of the goals, but partly also because of the contrast with last season. It was quite a miserable season for him and and the the way he's adapted to this uh, division and the way he's you know forced team Mbuki out of the team um has just been really really enjoyable um he has been joyful and that's a big part for me it's not just the goals going in but also the 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 happiness that he has he has generated but as a whole you know it it, it hasn't been it hasn't been um the most exciting charge up the division that we've ever had but um it's hard to argue with the with the points tally and the the results that we've got. I'm sure we'll come on to talk about why no one's uh, deliriously joyful about that. But uh, the team has been the team has been solid, and I think there's a few people that will feel a little bit hard done by, and hopefully that will kick them on uh, when we get back on Saturday. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about uh, Pookie Claire. I actually think he's looking um, as sharp as he's looked since the last promotion campaign. Um, in the last couple of appearances, whilst. I don't think we've served him anything like as well as we can. His hunger and his desire and his agility seems to be right up, right up. I don't know if you, you, you've noticed a similar. Yeah, I think him getting that first goal was a huge weight off his shoulders and he just sort of flipped back into being the team Pookie that we know, um, certainly really on it and the scoring the goals that we sort of recognise as, as Pookie goals. Um, you feel like every time he gets put through, he's going to, He's going to be able to score. He probably just needs to be put through a lot more. Unfortunately, he's not not happening at the moment. But you know, we, I think he still does miss Emmy a lot. Um, we haven't found that replacement as yet. Um, but he is doing remarkably well considering um, the way we are playing, and definitely a positive. Yeah. One person who at the start of September I would have thought was in the running for Player of the Month, and um, sadly, I think had no chance of winning it by the end was was Nunez um and the reason I bring him up now is because of that kind of Emmy um replacement requirement um or steepy replacement requirement to set up Puki for those goals you know that that off uh, off the shoulder um last minute run slippy inside and I actually think Kieran Dow I know Nunez has has, has played one of those balls and I know Ramsey has played uh, maybe two but definitely one of those balls but we don't seem to be able to do it regularly so punt what what do you think about Nunez? Do you think maybe he flattered to deceive to start with? There's definitely, I think, been a drop in his performances last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's difficult because the division may have worked him out as well. If you looked at Norwich's first three or four performances with, with him in a in a yellow or tie dye shirt or whatever we were wearing that weekend, um, he was the man. He was very quickly within 15, 20 minutes. He was the man who Norwich City played through. And it doesn't take long for opposition managers to work that out and then to go right and nullify him. And then Norwich have to find a different way. And Emmy was too good a player. You couldn't nullify him at, at, at this particular level. But Nunez is, is definitely going to take a period of, of time to, 
to get used to England and to get used to the way in which Norwich play. But he's clearly supremely talented. So we see flashes of it. I mean, he put in Pookie for, I think it was the, the Coventry goal, wasn't it? That Where he kind of won the ball high up the pitch. It was very ME-esque. And, and then he puts him in and, and it's a simple finish for, for Timu. But I just think we need to be... It's difficult with him that he played so well for the first month, shall we say. And then actually people have started to recognise that, that they need to to crack down on him. But ultimately, that creates gaps for other players, doesn't it? I mean, Aaron Ram- actually, as Nunez has dropped off, and as much as I don't think Aaron Ramsey has been as good as maybe some people have made out that he has been, he's found pockets of space. He started to assist Pukki a lot more. Um, you know, and, and I think it will provide opportunities for other players when teams have to be focused on perhaps your, your most, most talented creative spark. So I think you'll get there. Um, it's interesting, Adam Brandon was kind of saying on our group chat about how he hasn't really put in the performances for his national side either. So maybe he is going through a period where he's fatigued or he's low on confidence or, you know, as I say, people are just trying to shut him down because they recognise what kind of player he is. But he's really young and he's definitely going to get there. I think for me, perhaps more the, the bigger disappointment has been Sarah because he doesn't, you know, apart from a a couple of, you know, kind of fleeting 20-minute cameos when actually there's been plenty of time and space on the pitch. He hasn't really looked anywhere near what you'd expect off a record signing. And I, and I hope with him, it is just, again, him adjusting to the culture, adjusting to the way in which we play. Because otherwise, it's going to be another Norwich City record signing, which has turned out to be spectacularly bad. And I was having no, this his, conversation... His, his set pieces are amazing, though. Like, corners Sarah. are really top quality. Yeah. Be- better than we've had for a while, I think. I think, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's fair. I'd say his, his set-piece delivery has been has been pretty good. But I think, I don't know, I, I hate the record signing tag going over any, any Norwich City player's neck because... It's, it doesn't work out well ever, does it? We only have to look at the evidence of Ricky Mumbleswinkle and Stephen Naismith and Christos Solis and Mila Rashica. There has someone said to me the other day: the last time Norwich spent big money, and it went well, and we mean big money for Norwich, was Dean Ashton, and I, and I really struggled to find a player before that, or sorry, after that, that that we've spent significant amounts of money on and we've done well with i think it's to do with the the level of expenditure as well it's almost like when we when we try and when we try and stretch ourselves and spend a bit more uh, we 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 have to go at the very very bottom end of the next bracket up if you see what i mean yeah you know once we start to get into the two when we start to spend money in the teens probably what we're doing is buying players who should be in the, the high single million figures instead of the teens figures. Um, I want to pick you up on something you said about freeing up space. Um, McGee, I think we need to find a way of getting Campwell, Nunez and Dowell on the pitch at the same time um, to give opposition teams a real difficulty in trying to mark our creative players out of the game. And I I don't think we've, for me, that's an obvious combination he should try. And, and part, part of, I think, the um, reason I think Sara can be given a bit of a pass so far is that why would he have started? We keep winning. You know what? What you know? He he hasn't needed other than a couple of times when a, a set piece was was needed and he delivered it. We haven't really needed him to to be that kind of dynamic. Um, 
and progressive with the ball. So, yeah, so I think, so in spite of the fact that we're on this undefeated run, I think we need to try those three as the three behind Puki. What say you, Mitchie? I say, and you're not going to like this, but I say the only way we can do that is if we've got someone better than Kenny behind them. And that really requires Isaac Hayden to um, uh, to get rid of his injury and be as good as everyone thinks he he can be. But you know, not to hark back, but if we had if we had Skip behind those three, you'd feel really confident about them kind of doing whatever they wanted to do. And um, uh, uh, in exactly the way you talked about, we just don't have that. If Isaac Hayden is as good as Ollie Skip or anywhere close to it, then I think it could work. But it's not working with who we've got behind them at the moment. Well, Gibbs is back in training today. Um, so that's a real positive. Connor, Connor tweeted that uh, we're recording this on Thursday, the 29th of September at 1.11pm. Um, uh, I I think that, that the issue with, with, with the Kenny uh, uh, love and hate Marmite is that he hasn't actually done um, he hasn't done anything uh, badly wrong in comparison to any other members of the team. So he's given the ball away as many times as literally anyone else. I mean, Byram was, was almost seemed to be Byram almost did the most misplaced passes of the month on his own in one in one half, um, two home games ago. Um, sort of catastrophic uh, attempts to play out from the back. So I. You know, Kenny's given the ball away. Kenny's made a few mistakes, but Kenny's also mopped up for other people's mistakes a huge number of times. Um, and I just think that, that you, you hit the nail on the head there, Mitchie. There isn't anyone else. So you almost have to give them too much of a of a problem to for that to be an issue. I, if you had, our, I think, our three best players behind Pookie, our Dow, um, uh, or, 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 um, or Sergeant, if he's playing on his own as a nine, our Dow... Um, uh, Nunez and uh, the other fellow I said, whose name I can't remember already, Campbell. Um, and you have to find a way of getting them into the eleven. You've got to find a way of putting your best players on the pitch. And whether that's playing four four two, whether that's playing a, a diamond to try a diamond with two at the top of it, you know that's that's for Smith to, to try and find out. But I, it was interesting in his in his um, in his presser. He said about how. Um, if things really click, I'd be worried if I was the opposition because if things really click, they could get battered. And I do agree with that. I, I I still think that if anything, it's a huge compliment to Norwich that Norwich fans think we haven't got out of first gear and we're in second place. It's a compliment to the to the quality of the squad that we can do it for about seven or eight minutes over ninety, and that's enough to get past teams. If if he found a way of actually getting our best players playing relatively well in a format that created chances of a of a high XG regularly, I think we would start seeing four five goal results. What, what about you, Claire? Do you do you think do you think it's a personnel thing, a, a, a system thing? What, what is holding us back from from playing football that's actually entertaining for more than ten minutes? Well, I think if you take us back a few games to when we had um, even had Kenny at left back, but had Gibbs in the midfield, we were playing a lot better. And dare I say, when Timu wasn't in the team and Josh was up front on his own, we were playing a lot better. We're still getting the same results, but I think the football was a lot more entertaining. Um, And I know a lot of people don't seem to think we've got an identity, but we looked like we had some sort of identity then. You could see what we were trying to do. Um, 
So I think actually maybe just getting a fit left back back or Gibbs coming back and then maybe even Kenny going back into left back position because I think he actually did really well there. Um, that might make things click again. But I do think, yeah, having Kenny and Nunes in the middle isn't really working. Um, and there's just, I don't know, something is lacking the creativity, something I don't know. But I think having Gibbs back will be a huge boost. I'm not putting any hope on Hayden ever appearing. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Liam Gibbs looks like he's coming back pretty, pretty soon. So fingers crossed that actually changes things up uh, and we start performing a lot better. But we are still winning. So if we're winning and, and not playing well, then that's, you know, I can't complain about that. I think we've got to accept that it's not going to be as, as entertaining and as beautiful as it was, but we simply have got a better squad than the vast majority of the championship, and that might just see us through. Well, I mean, I, th- I think I think it, if nothing changed in terms of style and um, entertainment factor, I do think it would see us through. I mean, we, we you know we, we've we're and we're a good number of games in now that it's it's not flashing the pan season. It's not just getting off to a fast start. It's not oh you've only played the easy teams. You know that that isn't the case. It's clear that um, it's clear that Norwich, and and also you look at the pattern of the games right regularly. If it hasn't worked, we've gone. Oh, look at these five lads we can bring on. Yep, yep, that's better than what you can bring on, isn't it? Yep, we've got more than you, and and we've sort of we've seen seen games out from that point of view. Punt on the on the personnel thing. I would love to see Gibbs back in the team. Um, I I agree with Claire. I I. I the bit of the the bit of this season I've enjoyed the most was the bit where Gibbs was was there, and I and I agree as well. I I, I personally wouldn't have any problem with having Kenny left back, because um, I don't think Byron really um, offers anything more than Kenny does there. However, um, I can't see Smith changing it until we get our first defeat, as in of this run. Yeah, I mean, I think hard agree with the fact that Kenny at left back actually was probably his best position that he's played for Norwich this season, or it's where he's played best. Definitely hard to agree with that. I, I, I think you're being a little bit harsh on Sam Byram. I think he's he's being asked to deputise in a position which, you know, he's he's on the wrong flank. I think well, he's done relatively kind of my, well. That's, that's kind of my point. But my point is it's it's he looks like he's out of position. He's given it his best shot. Well, but I think he's I think he's doing really, really well. I think he's doing really well. And and I think the difficulty for both of our fullbacks, actually, right now is there's not an awful lot in front of them. So if we look at it and go, right, well it's Campwell usually playing the left-hand side or Sarah playing the left-hand side of the the three ahead of the four, if we're playing 4-3-3. Doesn't seem to be either a lot of protection or a lot of natural width that's that's being offered in that respect. And similarly out on the right, you know, you you have Nunez who who typically, a bit like Emmy, wants to play quite centrally and be a playmaker, or you've got Sargent who just isn't a right winger. Um, So I think that's that's difficult. I did just wanted to come back to you saying, oh, we haven't had easier games. I think we have had a really, really favourable start. If you look at the opposition that we've played in the first 10, and yeah, 10 is a really good barometer in terms of the amount of games and league position. But I think we've we've played a half of the division that we would definitely have wanted to have started with. And I, and I think the next 10 games for Norwich is probably shapes our season. I think that's that's where we find out what we're made of because when we come up against the likes of the Burnleys or the Watfords or the Sheffield Uniteds or even, you know, the Middlesbroughs and actually West Brom, you know, who West Brom have been playing really well this season without getting results. Let's face it. I mean, that performance was 
dour. Like, it was absolutely, I mean, the worst of the season, I, I think, that we've seen. And I don't want to be too negative because, you know, players are absolutely right. You know, we're second in the league. We are scoring goals and picking up points without playing particularly well. And it could all click. But I don't, I guess what I don't see is phases of play or, you know, pockets of play, really good play for, say, like 20, 25 minutes where we really turn it on. What I see is we turn it on for, as you've just said, Tom, seven, eight minutes, or there's two or three moments of real individual quality in games rather than us, I don't know, show signs that we can put together a performance over 45 or, or 90 minutes. That's not there for me yet under Smith. And we could get there and it could be that a defensive midfielder, someone like Isaac Hayden, or if we have to bring in someone in the window because Hayden is just broken, you know, that that might fix it all. But I don't know. And, and also putting it on Gibbs, putting it on a 19-year-old shoulders to kind of come in and magically fix it all speaks to me of, again, a failure of recruitment because is, is Isaac Hayden the only show in town in terms of a defensive midfielder? I know you could look at... Sorensen and, and then maybe go well he was the backup and, and he's injured too but we looked at him in the championship before and no one ever really looked at him and thought he was going to be a capable defensive midfielder he was a utility player that did well at fullback or or you know centre back so I don't know I, I think it's a, it to me it feels like we've got too good per, or too good a personnel and too good a squad um, to not be in the top six and it would be a complete failure if we didn't finish in the top six but I'm just, I'm just not sure that we've got a massively balanced squad, and that's what worries me. I think, the, but the, I, I don't think they had as much change turnover as they were either expected or or would have liked. Yeah. I, I think they would have hoped that more moved on or had the appetite to move on, um, or, or better offers were available for for, for it. Um, it. It does seem a bit lopsided our squad, um, particularly when it comes to trying to fit the right people in the right positions. So. You know, Smith was always bullish about we're keeping Timu, Timu's going to be here. And, and um, the, the issue you've got there is unless you're going to play a two, you have to play Sargent out of position or you don't have on the pitch your um, kind of best finisher at this level or, in, you know, I would argue in my time I've seen just pure, if you know, give me anyone, give me Holt, give me Sutton, give me Fleck. If, if, there's, if, if it's a one-touch finish inside 18 yards, there is not a Norwich City player that I would rather be on the end of that chance than Timmy Pukki. Um, he's just he's just got that knack in a way that you know the, those other aforementioned players were brilliant as well at finishing. Of course they were, but he, he's just got that that X factor of just being a pure finisher. Um, and so I do think that's a problem that he has. But it's again, I, there's been talk uh, about you know, people shouldn't be moaning. And it it's not moaning or being negative to say, I'm happy to be in the, the top part of the league, but I can see elements of our game that a better team will will pull apart. And, you know, we have benefited from errors, defensive errors in our favour, um, which we've capitalised on, that you think without those defensive errors we may well have a lot fewer points. Likewise, you can also argue that we've given away via defensive errors goals that have made games closer than they needed to have been. Um, so so I guess that goes both ways. Um, McGee, this is a really, really busy period. And I just, um, looking at the looking at the October, it's a really nice four home, four away, <coughs> excuse me, slate. So we've got 
Blackpool, Preston, Luton, Stoke at home. Reading, Watford, Sheffield United, Burnley away. Now that is a, uh, for me, both league table and on paper, um, that is a, you've got to look after your home form there to still have any chance in, in November, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the thing is that we have had a, a reasonably friendly uh, start to the season, but you read through those uh, the, the, those teams and, you, you know, the, you'd have to think that the only real danger is Burnley. Uh, even with the team playing, you know, at its best for only 20 minutes of the 90, this is a division with the squad we've got being able to take put on five substitutes. The only team there that you'd think, well, fair enough, uh, we, you know, Burnley have Burnley have done us two nil or whatever. That's fair enough. Any of the other teams, you'd be really disappointed with 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 a loss. No, they're not. They're not Sheffield easy United, the top of the league. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair <laughs> enough. Sorry, I got I got Blackpool I on my expect mind. Us to go there and win. That's fair enough. Burnley and Sheffield United. That's a really good show. It depends. It depends you. on the results between now and then. So, I mean, if if we went to Sheffield, if we were going to Bramall Lane this weekend, I would take a draw now. But in three, you know, that they might, they or or we may suffer a defeat, a couple of draws, and all of a sudden that game doesn't seem quite as much. Do you know what I mean? There is, they've got, they've got a similar thing to us in terms of momentum and, and a really good run going. Um, I'd be astonished if both teams are still, you know, have, have have lost the same number of games that they've lost now. If you see what I mean, by the time we meet them, because we meet them towards the end of the month. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that the thing is like every we can beat any team in this division, um, uh, even without playing our absolute uh, best. I'd be disappointed not to get a point against Sheffield United, even at the moment. Same. I'd be disappointed to lose against Burnley. Same. Um, both of those, you'd sort of you wouldn't you wouldn't kick off about it. The others, you'd be absolutely gutted not to take all three points. And I think that says, but that, to be honest, I think that says much more about the division than it says about Norwich City. Yeah, I think you're right, and there's this there's this fundamental disconnect it feels at the moment between the team and the fans around and and the atmosphere, and it's all wrapped up in the same thing. In that uh, we we expect to win, so therefore it's there's there's sort of almost feels like there's a bit less jeopardy involved in 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 even going a goal behind. Um, we were coasting a couple of home games ago and we were getting restless and you could see the players were kind of shouting at each other and getting cross with each other. Um, you know, Max properly shouting at Josh for, for not offering anything other than just sort of standing facing him on the right flank. Um, and we just like, yeah, I know we're winning. So just keep the ball. They're not, they're not, they're not coming to try and get the ball off us that, you know, Coventry this is at home, you know, so we're two nil up. Why bother? Why bother sort of trying to, turn it on at all because clearly this is going to tune in is already going to be enough and you know it that is the element I think that it's almost that intangible we we don't seem to have players who want to keep playing at a high tempo and I I think a lot of it is tempo rather than style I, I really do think tempo is the major thing with Smith we do seem to move the ball slowly unless it's a long ball the number of balls that are at players or just behind players uh, is too high. And that does seem to be a, a Smith thing. Now, I'm sure he's not telling them to pass behind their, their colleagues. Of course he isn't. But do you see where I'm coming from, Punt? Like it, just, The whole attitude seems to just be um, 
do just enough all at all times and and only only really go for the jugular when it's very very clearly available yeah i think that's a really good i think the word that you've just used there tempo really resonated with me and i don't often you know kind of absolutely wholeheartedly agree with you so let's just get it on record now that i do but yeah we we don't play at a particularly high tempo and i think norwich Norwich have been prone to trying to manage games. And I know we've been accused of not being able to manage games in the past. And that's kind of spectacularly failed for us. But at the moment, I think we're all almost trying to overly manage games. And it could bite us, um, you know, kind of in the next few weeks. I don't know what the answer is. I think, as you say, you know, kind of maybe an injection of tempo, maybe someone like Liam Gibbs coming in and actually he seems to want to play forward balls um, you know, kind of with a with a bit more frequency than you know, say Kenny or even Nunez. You know, kind of he he wants to kind of get the team on the front foot, and he wants um, you know the attacking players to get on the ball and and to take it to the opposition. I really like that from him, and I think just sometimes the exuberance of youth helps with that. You know, there's a fearlessness, isn't there? Well, you mentioned but, nine, putting it on the shoulders of a nineteen year old. Well, so well, and I don't want to, but equally, so it's the, nineteen. But it's the putting it. But and, and but he was I mean he was a freak wasn't he for this level let's be honest I don't think Gibbs is anywhere near in um, Ollie Skip's stratosphere as yet. No, don't. But he could don't be. Don't talk him you know? down. Don't talk him. Remember, remember these I'm days. Just, if, I just don't want to put you, too much. If you, if you accurately uh, notice flaws, that's talking down. Remember that you're talking him down. Well, what I'm saying is I, I don't wish to put undue pressure on a young man who's done very well for Norwich City Football Club. I do. And we statue, wish to... Statue or just, bust for me. That, yeah, that, yeah, all right. Well, that's his yeah. career trajectory. <laughs> Not like you to be totally binary about the situation, Tom. Um, but, you know, I think it, you, the, the point that you make about tempo is a really important point because we don't play with that with, often enough. And it does feel sometimes that lots of our play is is really laboured and it is individual quality that's getting us out of jail. And it just, it feels like there's a formula there. It feels like there's enough talented players who've, who've all got different qualities to put it all together. But I just don't think Smith has stumbled upon a, a system or the, the right set of personnel yet. And it, and it is almost that he's got, as you say, five get out of jail free cards on the bench every game. So it's all going to be fine. And I think what we're told regularly by you know, the management of Norwich City and the, and the executive team is that we've got an exceptional coach. I'm not sure we've got an exceptional coach right now. What I think we have is, an ex, is uh, I'm not going to use the word exceptional, but a very good in-game manager, you know, someone who can recognise what's going on on the pitch and change it. I think he's done that very, very well. I think he should be given lots and lots of credit for that. Um, but I'd like to see a bit more from the starting 11s that he's he's putting out with a bit more regularity. Do you put uh, where do you sit, Claire, in terms of uh, changing games, tactical genius? To well, yeah, but if you had a bench that strong, anyone would manage to get points. Yeah, I think I made that point on Twitter a few weeks ago. Like, surely it's obvious to any manager that you would bring Timu Puki and Todd Cantwell off the bench, and that they could have a positive effect and change the game. I I could do that. You know, it's it's not rocket science, but. I agree with John. I think um, he does read the game very well and, and knows when to react, which was something that you could say Daniel Farker didn't do that often. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I don't think he's not a good coach. I think 
when you look at the Aston Villa fans, they're actually lamenting his departure still, saying that now, you know, they don't have an identity. And we're saying that we don't have an identity with him. So he must be a pretty decent manager. Um, but I think he just has something just hasn't clicked as yet. Um, but he, yeah, he knows when to change the game and he's not afraid to do it and he's not afraid to bring on all of the subs um, and it's worked so far. It's, it's definitely got us out of jail, but it will do because we have got that quality on the bench. So I think it's probably a bit of both. He knows when to react, but we've also got that quality that's always going to help change the game, I think. A couple of things for you to ponder on, McJay. We when when we when things weren't going so well, um, you know, when it was quite a bleak start early season, um, <clears throat> we were told that the the lack of togetherness that there seemed to be on the pitch, the lack of togetherness between the players and the fans, would come right with wins, and wins is the sort of thing that breeds that kind of enjoyment and that feel good factor. We, we've had loads of wins now. And it still, to me, feels like the players don't seem to re... I mean, other than Nunez, who's having, living his best life, like got a massive smile on his face the whole time, and that is wonderful. No one else seems to be really having a nice time. And and the, the, the wins seem to be celebrated in a very rudimentary sort of slight ripple of applause amongst the players. Smith still stands rooted to his dugout and isn't interested in interacting with any elements of Road at all. Um so what 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 are we missing? Is it the second point I was going to say to that is I also saw it mentioned that when the games mean a bit more, when it's clearer that, oh, we're seven wins away from securing promotion, then it might feel a bit more like there's there's more in line. But I, in both cases, I think, no, I can't think of a time when there's ever been Norwich winning this many times in a row when I've I've cared so little. And I feel awful even saying it, but I just, yeah. I, I celebrate the goals. I get cross at the referees. I, I'm just, I'm angry when we concede. All of that is still exactly the same. I don't cheer any less, but, but the, the, the sort of the feeling of ugh, make it, make it make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the other person having living their best life, judging by his TikToks is Onel Hernandez, who, yeah. who looks happier than he has been since the first time he went into an Argos. But apart from that, I think <laughs> your, your analysis is spot on. And, you know, I think, I think there's, there's a few things. The first thing is expectations. You know, we, we are not surprised. Uh, you know, the, the, the thing that was so exciting about 1819 was the contrast between our expectations and what we were achieving. And it was that triumph against expectation that was so exciting. This is the third time of asking and and we kind of expect to be up there. And that's just not as, that doesn't give people as much of a buzz. Secondly, Norwich fans expect to be entertained. And I don't think that we are being consistently entertained throughout the night, throughout the 90 minutes. Now you can say that's bad and, you know, wins a win and what are you complaining about? But you know, I, I I go to I go to cheer on the team and to be excited by what I see on the pitch. Not I don't cheer on a league table. You know, I want us to be at the top of it, but that's not what gets me gets me going. But I think there's a couple of other things that just the, the 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 other thing is that the relationships between the fans and the club have broken down. There's no point pretending that Stuart Webber taking a dump all over anything we've said in 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 national media interviews is going to have no impact whatsoever now he doesn't need to care about that he doesn't have to and he's, he's been quite clear that he doesn't 
but you can't turn around and then be surprised that there is um, there is an impact to that. It's okay that Dean Smith is not a people person kind of uh, you know a, a fan favorite coming over and and getting us all going. Um, if, if he doesn't want to be, that's not in his job description. It's not what he gets paid for. But don't be surprised if the lack of a relationship means there is less enthusiasm in the stands. But I also think there's an element of just just modern football. You know, we've been up to the Premier League. Uh, twice with the same results both times and the problem isn't us the problem is football the problem is Man City can bring on a sub in the 80th minute who's worth more than our entire squad and then some and it's getting worse not better and I think there's just an element of what are we doing what is the point of this and you know I don't think it's turning people off football entirely but again you can't pretend that that's not a bit of a factor. What is exciting about winning the championship? That'd be exciting to win the championship, but then we've got to go through the turgid truck, you know, trudge through getting battered again. I think now, maybe I we think won't, but we that, probably will. Part of that it, exciting to win the championship in the in the, the first time around of this little run, you were as excited for the players and 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 that kind of group. And you felt like we were all in it together and you were excited for their experience and for how much it seemed to be meaning to them, as well as it being novel and unexpected. The middle one, everything was so bleak and awful. And yes, it would have been nice if we could have watched more of the games in person. But my goodness me, wasn't it nice to actually have that as a distraction, be able to log, log on to your laptop and watch Norwich put seven past someone. That was a very nice distraction from how bleak life was in lockdowns and what have you. Um, and I, th- I think this time around, that isn't that's a real issue for me. We've all got players that we like, um, and those that we're not as you know we haven't built much of a kind of r- rapport with. Um, you know, I really root for Todd. You know, I really root. You know, we all love Pookie, um, and you know, Josh is Josh seems like a nice lad. Nunez seems like a nice nice lad. Um, but as a as a group, as a sort of togetherness, I don't know that just. It almost feels like it. it it's so hard to put your 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 your, your finger on it. But I don't. I can't feel a hunger and a togetherness. I don't. I don't see that togetherness on the pitch and the way they celebrate goals, the way they celebrate wins. I don't see that the way that I've seen it with squads past, and not even just promotion squads. You know, squads that have finished mid table but have really loved playing together. What do you think, John? Is it? Uh, are we trying to define something that doesn't need to be defined, and we should just get over it? Um, no, no, I think you're onto something. And again, you know, I'm surprising myself by agreeing with you so readily on the on this podcast. Don't make it happen. It's... Be boring. Listen. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> A whole brand will be off, mate. But it's. I don't know. There's not a massive likability factor to this squad like there has been with previous squads, and and I think some of it, eighteen, nineteen, and and to a lesser extent, twenty twenty one as well, is that the team was was more than the sum of its parts, and I'm not necessarily sure that we are this time. We've got a lot of players who cost a lot of money, who have got the requisite quality to be able to do things in this division, and actually, so it's it's almost just painting by numbers. We're going to get through. We've got enough, and it'll all be fine. And that that never feels you know, as, as nice as, all right, we've got this ragtag bunch of, you know, kind of German 
um, outcasts and, you know, kind of this random lad from Cuba who seems to, you know, like to, to frequent, you know, Norwich High Street and, and actually you've got Marcus Stephen doing crap, you know. But, you know, but you look at players like um, Steeperman and like Tetty and Francic and, you, and, you know, Zimbo and Tim Closer, you had real characters in those squads and not necessarily players who are anywhere near the quality of some of the, the players that we that we have in the team now. But they just did something to a dressing room. And the closest we've got to that right now is Onel, of course. And, you know, it's no coincidence that the, the ground is a buzz every time he, he comes off the bench. Yeah. But then it's, you're looking at players like Jordan Hugill. And, you know, and he's a, a jack the lad and, and, and he seems like he'd probably be good on a night out. But nowhere near, you know, kind of what we need. And, and that's why he's nowhere near the team. But apart from that, is there anyone else really that you'd say, oh, I'd, I'd quite like to go for a beer with him or, you know, I'd quite like him to just, I don't know, turn up at my, my birthday party when and just, you, just say hi. When there, there isn't. more English, when Nunez has more English, yes. you know, so second, half, second half of the season that that might, you know, the, the, club, the and, club. And there is a, there is a wide eyed wonder to that young man at the moment. He's like, I can't believe this is happening to me. This is brilliant. I mean, that footage of the, in the city view, where he sees that, like his picture is on, is in the tunnel. He's like, "Oh my god, I've actually made it!" Look at me, and he's always going, "Nunez, Nunez!" Yeah. Like it's it, uh, brilliant, brilliant. Um, so he is absolutely living his best life, and will definitely be a character when he um, when he can speak the lingo. But, I, I, but that aside, similar- like, this isn't a squad where you go, "I love them." You know, I'm completely in love with them, and, and that should be building when we're winning games. But I feel. I feel very little like you, you know, kind of maybe post-match. There's there's not that kind of buzz of, oh, my God, how good was it at Carrero today? And I Is that not because we haven't been on that journey with them, this squad yet? Maybe, when but we, I'd have felt that start have. to build. I'd have kind of – and I don't feel that starting to build, Claire. I guess that's what I'm saying is I, I think – But we have had such an amazing squad for a couple of years that we completely were invested in. We yeah. loved our manager. He loved us. It, I mean, you – we haven't really ever had better than that apart from, well, we have, but Paul Lambert era, but then he kind of left in acrimonious circumstances yeah, and we hated him. Yeah, it was the way he him, left the room. That whereas year. Farker hasn't. So we've still yeah. got that kind of love in. So whatever happens now, it's not going to be like that. And we've got to accept that. And I don't necessarily need to build it up that. Again. I think there, that no, was a golden to... age and one that we won't experience for some time again. But, I, but I'm not, I'm still not, I'm expecting when you win six games on the spin, that something starts to bubble up. And I, I, think there's a fl- I think there's a flip side to this. I think partly, you know, we, we, we were only there to watch us be terrible in the Premier League for two seasons and miss that wonderful season in the middle. So we've gone to default mode, you know, every time we do something poor, it's negative already. However, we also weren't there in that middle season to see that not every game was a shoe-in. We didn't beat every team 7-0. No. That happened once in the season. Some of those games were really tough. There are quite a lot of performances that we struggled. We got one one goal wins. You know, we we were struggling against lesser teams, but the crowd weren't there to see that and react to it as a as a whole. So we weren't venting our frustrations during those games and going, "Oh, that was a bit tough." We were in our living rooms, walking our dogs. I wasn't watching it ninety minutes without turning my eyes away. I was going to make a cup of tea and listening to Chris Gorham's voice. And if it, you know, raised a notch, I'd run back in and see what was happening. You know, (laughs) whereas when you're at the game, you're fully focused. I don't look at my phone. I'm there watching ninety minutes of football or ninety-five minutes of football. Yeah. 
but we didn't have that sort of experience together of those games weren't all that easy we did have a lot of difficult games it wasn't we've turned it into this kind of mythical beast of being this most beautiful perfect season yes we won a lot of games but we weren't as as brilliant in some of them as I think everyone seems to remember and and because we we didn't experience that together we're now experiencing it together where not every game is perfect and yes this isn't great what, what we've got now but I think that's partly why I, I think I, I take your point there Claire absolutely but I think the main difference between that season and this season is I always felt Norwich were in control of the game in 2021, I, it, even when we weren't playing well, it just felt like we needed to flick a switch and, and it would all be fine. And I'm, I don't necessarily feel like this now. I don't I don't think we control games in the way that we did. And I think that, that comes back to identity. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. There were certainly... The crowd's I, I, reaction, I think. Like, and, we just uh, default into it. But I just... Uh, it feels to me like we are a little bit out of control. It's a little little bit chaotic and we're almost getting through in spite of of you know kind of um the way in which we're playing and because we have some wonderful players on our books we're also like we, like you said we don't we don't really want the prize and so if we're not enjoying the ride <laughs> yeah. to the prize and we don't want the prize then it's not great is it like, like, if you think if we you th- might as well enjoy the ride at least but we're not right now so. yeah. <laughs> if you think of it as if you think of it as a raffle you know, when 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 you've had a quick look at what's on offer, and you think, well, that's a bottle of something that I don't drink. That's chocolate that I would never choose. Um, I don't want two tickets to go and see that because I don't find them funny. And actually, we went there the other day with the kids, and and the soft play was rubbish. If if that's what's on offer, as those tickets are being pulled out of the of the of the little box, there is no edge of your seat. Oh my goodness me! You know, it's not it's not a holiday to Tobago. It's not you know a dream car or a speedboat. It, 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 and I think there is. I I'm not thinking. I'm not consciously thinking at any point. When I walk up those steps, when I take my seat, when I'm think, when I'm getting a bit cross about the fact that I've been bored for five minutes at Carrow Road, I am not thinking, yeah, this is all because I don't really want to play Man City next year. That, that but maybe subconsciously it, there is an element of, if I'm not really enjoying this journey, it is not worth how awful it will be next year, you know. And it, it might be that that we get more comms around the Atanisio. Um, investment forward slash loan forward slash situation going forward that builds a bit more of a buzz around what we might do in January and what we might do if we were to get promoted we might be able to have a genuinely good go at it and and really reinforce the squad and yes that comes with the caveat of Forrest have done that and you know they're not exactly pulling up any trees but going back to the thing we're talking about with the the relationship I, I you made an interesting point or you, you said it at the same time for two different situations. Stuart Webber doesn't care, and it's not in his job description to to, to be everyone's mate. Dean Smith very clearly doesn't care, uh, and I believe Dean Smith when he says he doesn't read social media. We definitely know that Webber does. Um, whereas uh, I believe Dean Smith doesn't have a Twitter account, and I believe that he that as far as he's concerned, you know, the, the lads need to like me, the staff need to respect me, and then my, my results are the only other thing that matters. I, I think that it seems strange to me that the club are not trying to repair that kind of chasm between 
supporter and manager um, and supporter and squad as a whole. Because if you go through this, the, the, the individual players, um, love Pookie. Sergeant, what a great story. Now he's actually, you know, delivering. Good for him. And again, he's he's been on a journey that he was a bit of a, he, he was a bit of a punchline last season. And, and now, you know, he looks fantastic at this level. Nunez, what a great story. Max, what a servant to the club. One of our best players, one of the best key performers. I like Kenny. Some other people don't. Um, you know, Gibbs, brilliant local lad, nicked him off the, off the binners. Fantastic. Um, you know, you go through the individual players, cruel, love him to pieces. Um, Omar how exciting to have another international standard kind of center back who looks like he could really go places. And that's going to, you know, he's going to earn us a few million in, in a couple of years, probably Hanley, fantastic club servant set up that goal against the binners, you know? So do you know what I mean? If you go through the players, they're all, very likable players and but there's something about the whole and, and I honestly think that it comes from the manager I think that that this squad is the Smith squad this season this is the Smith championship season and therefore if you don't if you've got that break between Smith and Shakespeare and the the, the fans so they've done a couple of fan forums which I haven't had the opportunity to go to I have to work in midweek loads in the evenings at the moment which is rubbish um because those those events have been fantastic previously so i've not been to those but yes i know that smith and shaky in inverted commas have have done a few of those things and they you know they've been very warm very jovial but on match day i want more from them on match day i want them to make more of an effort and i, and I want in the, the pre-match press conferences it doesn't have to be an 11 minute you know conversation about sofas and living rooms and some bonkers analogy that no one can remember why it went that way not expecting that because that's not his personality and it would be fake and false if he tried to 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 kind of put it on but i just feel like it's strange to me that the club don't try and fix that do you think they've maybe tried and and the pushback has just been too great mcgee do you think maybe smith has said no i don't don't want all that i just think that's not who deanie and shakes are i think they are they come in to do a job (laughs) Deanie and Shakes, um, I think they've come in to do a job, and it's just they're just not willing to be anything other than themselves, and they're not passionate about Norwich. They've come here to do a job, which is get us promoted. They'll, you know, you you work, you know, we all work with people who come in, they clock in at nine, they clock out at five, they don't want to talk over lunch, they're not enjoying themselves, they don't, they're not there to to be your mate. They just get the job done, they go away. Quite often, that's all you need. But this is a football club, not the the place of work. And I want, I want, not everyone, not every Norwich fan is the same. I want a connection with the club. I want to feel like I'm supporting the club, not just 11 uh, blokes on on a pitch. I want to feel like we have got a shared mission for for the club and for the community and that the manager's a, a huge part of that. And he doesn't want to be. Now, like I said, he's, that's not what he's getting paid for. It's not what Stuart Webber told him to come in and do. But the thing that really confuses me is that isn't what Stuart Webber said when he came in. He talked about the relationship with the fans. He talked about wanting to have a sense of togetherness and a sense of mission. It was part of their mantra of how to turn the club around, and they did it fantastically. And it just feels like somewhere along the line, Stuart has decided, or, or the not maybe not just Stuart, but the some of the some of the leadership of the club have decided that that's not for them anymore. And I think with 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 um, Dean Smith, it's just it's just not who he is. It's not the job he came in to do. But I think with the club, something's gone wrong, and they have been hurt by 
the fans or the reaction or by the the disappointment of the of the results and they're not willing to put their side into the relationship and the relationship needs both sides to work at it to for it to to come good well I mean, it's, it's happened with the local press as well there, there are bridges that still haven't been rebuilt there and i think that there's an access element you know the bare minimum seems to be being given and the bare minimum amount of background around stories is being given um, and maybe we could have had more player puff pieces around how is Nunez settling into Norfolk and you know maybe there could have been more things like that that in seasons past you know if you, if you look back we've now had what three months of the season we've normally especially when the results are going well um, we've normally probably sort of seen more of those kind of player puff pieces and, and background things come out of Arch and, and, and the likes of, of Michael in, in the athletics so yeah, it just we just it, things don't feel healthy. It doesn't it doesn't feel doesn't feel quite right at the moment. But again, we're second in the league. The, you know, the idea of this, the the idea which if the season finished today, it would be you know mission mission accomplished. And I'm not complaining about winning. I love winning. I'm not complaining about scoring more goals than the opposition. I love that. Um, but again, there's a difference between talking something down, complaining, being negative, and just going. I don't think this is as good as it could be given the sum of the parts that are available. So let's wrap up with two predictions. Sorry, we don't do predictions. Two guarantees. Um, uh, going to you first, McGee, I want a guaranteed number of points from October. So eight games. So I'll do that. Do the maths for you. It goes up to 24. Um, so to, to say 25, total lols. Um, how many points are you guaranteeing we will get at the end of October out of 24? And what will the score and at least one scorer be on Saturday? 16 points. Okay. And the score on Saturday will be 2-0, and Josh will get both of them. Oh, nice. Take that to your local bookmaker. We don't condone betting. Uh, Claire? Um, <laughs> I think we've got some really tough away games so I'm not convinced we're going to get any points from some of those um I'm gonna go oh 13 points I'm oh that's mean isn't it um 13 points there's only one what was the other question sorry I was was your guaranteed scoreline and guaranteed scorer on Saturday for Saturday um well I'm annoyed because I probably can't go because of the stupid train strike. Yeah, so it's bad, isn't it? I don't care is my answer. <laughs> I don't care is my answer because I can't go. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll write that down. Um, uh, punty, punty, punt, punts. Um, I was going to say 13 like Claire, but I've got, oh, I'm going to have to be different now. Aren't I? Yes. I, I agree. The away games are very, very difficult and... I don't know. I haven't got particularly good feelings about many of them. So I'll, I will go with 12. I think we will win half of our games and lose half of our games. Okay. And that might be enough. Um, This is the thing. Norwich being flat track bullies across the season will probably be plenty good enough to get us in the playoffs. It's just then actually whether we win enough of the games against the teams around us to put us in the top two. And I think we find that out this month, whether we're going to be up to that or not. Um, in terms of scorers for Saturday, um, Timu, and we're going to win 3-1. Okay. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I was going to go 13 as well, um, ba- based upon, uh, based upon the, the, the mixture of fixtures. So, 
Um, instead, I will just revise that slightly up and go 17, just so that I'm the most positive of the of the, of the four of us. I, I, I'm I'm in the same camp as McGee as what what you know. I, I think the away games, yes, in, in theory, look harder than, than the home games, but I just don't think we've got enough to fear. And as much as I've you know talked about the fact that I don't feel like I'm being swept away on a fever dream of wonderful football and, and love for the for the squad and the manager, um, this team have got like a the identity that they've got is we know how to get the job done. You know, Deeney and Shaky uh, are here. Sorry, Deeney and Shakes. I hear punch shaking his head. Deeney and Shakes are here to do a job, and I almost feel like there is. It's almost a, a Bill Belichick style "do your job" element to this squad. You know, it is very much a um, you you run six point seven k, we'll run six point eight. You know, we will we will go slightly further than you. We've got slightly better subs than you, and that's the case with all but one squad in the division. And I think we're going to have enough over the October to 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 win more than definitely more than we more than we lose and a couple of draws in those win three of the home games draw two and and win one of the away games one defeat either side that's what i'm going for uh, and we will definitely win uh, 4-0 on uh, saturday and i guarantee that max Aaron's max Aaron's will score Quite a guarantee. Do we want to do any listener questions or have we run out of time? No, we've run out of time. And also we covered things like Hayden. Well, I mean, Claire had covered Hayden, never going to play for Norwich. Um, and and I think we've covered kind of the, the, the general malaise that there is that, that, that was in some of the questions. Can I just pick out one and we don't necessarily have to answer it, but um, Norwich fan Gagan Ricks um, asked, will Josh Sargent score the goal that eliminates England from the World Cup? And it got me thinking, and I don't know if any of you guys can remember, but the last time I can remember a striker on Norwich City's books going to a World Cup was Robert Fleck in 1990. Uh, Gunn was at that. Didn't Wes? Gunn was there too. Gunn was there too. Wes? Yeah, Wes. He's not a striker. After a striker. He scored though. He did score. Brian Gunn isn't a striker. (laughs) I didn't hear striker. No, I mean a striker. A Norwich City striker that went to a World Cup and I couldn't think of another Or was he not with us then? I think he probably got the Nigeria squad after. Uh, Leroy Fair wasn't a striker. Good shout. Leroy Fair wasn't no. also wasn't a striker. So mm. we so we're quite good at getting the inverse of your question. Right, um, yeah, cheers for that, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let me get. Can I interest you in some incorrect answers? We, um, well, yeah, you put the ACN quizzes together, mate. Yeah, shit, yeah, all right, all right. Um, okay, right, that'll do. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for your time, McG. Lovely to see your face, Claire. Lovely to hear your voice, but not see your face on 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 this pod occasion. Punt, I acknowledge you exist, uh, and let's just hope that there's a bit more of a good feeling that starts to spread alongside these wonderful results. Mind how you go. <laughs>